solo mente. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a hub day edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, everybody. Your daily Texans talk and news podcast. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Before we hop into the Houston Texans, I want to let you guys know about Peacock and Williamson, the podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news, insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And of course, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to the co-host of the Locked On Texans podcast, Cody Davis. Welcome in to a hump day edition of Locked On. And on this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans, John and I are going to discuss what are going to be some of the challenges the Texans rookies might face when making that transition from the college level to the NFL for this upcoming season. And then we're going to close out this latest installment of Locked On Texans by talking about one of, if not the greatest Texan of all time, Andre Johnson. For those of you who do not know, Johnson is officially on the ballot to become a member of the Hall of Fame class for 2022. So we're going to dive into that and discuss whether or not he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But to get this Wednesday installment of Locked On Texans kicked off, John, listeners, on yesterday's show, we talked about Anthony Miller, how great he has looked throughout training camp, and he is one of the players that I do believe, if he is given a fair opportunity here in Houston, he can be a foundational piece for this organization moving forward. Every single day, ever since what, OTAs, as a matter of fact, we have been coming on this show raving and talking about the emergence of Nico Collins. You also got to take a look at guys like Kiki QT, Chris Moore, Alex Erickson. I wanted to bring all of that up to say, I think for to open up this show, John and I, we're going to talk about the possibility on whether or not the Texans should consider trading Brandon Cooks. Now, I know that topic might throw some of you listeners off, but when you think about it, there's three different ways I'm looking at this. First and foremost, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of, does Brandon Cooks fit the timeline for the Texans rebuild? He's one of the older veterans on his team. And if you ask me, I'm gonna say no. With only two years left on his contract, I do not see a situation where Nick Casario will bring him back after his contract expires after next season as we head closer to the 2023 offseason. Plus, when I take a look at the Texans' game plan, when I take a look at what this offense is going to be like in 2021, I'm not too sure Brandon Cooks is going to have the same impact on the offense like he did last year playing with Deshaun Watson. Now, I think him and Tyrod Taylor will do well with each other, but you guys have heard me say this before, and John, of course, you heard me say this as well. One of, if not the biggest weakness in Tyrod Taylor's game is the fact that he's a quarterback that does not 
he he's not good at throwing a deep ball. And when you take a look at Brandon Cooks, that is one of, if not his best attribute as a wide receiver. So when I take a look at the fit from the rebuilding standpoint, and when I take a look at the fit from the offensive standpoint, I'm looking at I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, maybe just maybe the Texans should consider trading Cooks. Plus, you also got to realize that, as we mentioned, Nico Collins, Anthony Miller, Kiki QT, Chris Moore, there are a lot of young guys in this wide receiving core that needs an opportunity to go out there and showcase what they can do on the field and showcase to the Texans that they are worth keeping around for the long haul. And if you go into the season with Brandon Cooks, he is going to take snaps important snaps away from a guy like anthony miller who once again i consider to be a foundational piece for this organization moving forward now john listeners there are a couple deadlines i want to throw out there of course you got to take a look at the week before the start of the regular season that first week of september and of course the trade deadline and i really want to focus in on that trade deadline because by then in the trade deadline for this upcoming season is going to be Tuesday, November 4th. That is going to be whether that should be a day on whether or not Brandon Cooks stick with this team long term, because by then you will have a really good idea on how good or how bad or how terrible this Texan team really is. And if they get to the point where it's like, okay, we need to really throw away 2021 and start focusing on building this team for 2022. Brandon Cooks is an asset that they can actually use and get something back in return. Honestly, you took the words right out of my mouth. If Houston is in a competitive state by the trade deadline, and, you know, personally, I think that they wholeheartedly plan to be at a competitive phase by the trade deadline. Like, I, I don't think this team is a team that is preparing themselves to Tank. Have a, a, a tanking season. Even though I, I don't think they're going to win many games, I don't think they're prepared for that. So by the trade deadline, you know, I think that's something that they should float around with. You, you got to remember, they did reconstruct Brandon Cook's deal, mm-hmm. uh, saved a lot of money. We'll give you guys the numbers on how much was saved. So the reconstructing of that deal free, freed up more than $6 million in cap space for the Texans, converts $10 million of Cook's base salary to a signing bonus. Um, and before that, the cap hit for Cook's was $12 million in 2021, and he will be a free agent uh, after next year. So you, you have to look at it like he is a part of their immediate plans. And I think at the time of that deal getting, you know, re-looked at and reworked, the immediate thought was we'll be able to get Deshaun Watson back in the building. We'll be able to keep this thing rolling. Nick Casario will build a competitive roster. He has done all of that outside of getting Deshaun Watson in the building committed. Mm -hmm. Watson has been in the building the last couple of days at training camp, has been way more engaged, but he's still not committed, at least verbally, at least from what we know, right? Mm -hmm. There could be some things working behind the scenes. Uh, And I say that only because he's had – public conversations between Casario and Cully the last couple of days of training camp. Who knows what that could be? They could just be saying, hey, how you doing? Nice to see you. Casual conversation. We don't know. But if they're in a state where it's not going their way, 
Uh, Tyrod Taylor does not look like who you want him to be for your starting quarterback. And it makes more sense if teams are calling you and they're offering a fourth round pick for Brandon Cooks. Remember, they just traded away a fifth round pick in the Anthony Miller deal. And Anthony Miller is a guy that, you know, that trade to get him here in Houston basically says he's a player that we believe can be here for the next couple of years at a very great price due to, you know, the things we saw of him in the league and, you know, didn't get that, get, didn't get a thousand yard receiving season. So he'll be, he'll come back at a cheaper price. And we feel pretty much fair to move on from Cooks. Well, then you make that trade. You move on from him, and that's okay. But not to start the season for me. He is a security weapon. There are going to be times where, sorry, David Cully, if you check the show out, there's going to be times where Larry Tunsil might get a false start. There's going to be times where somebody's going to get caught holding down the field, got to bring their play back. So second and one is now second and, you know, whatever, 12, 13, 15, whatever. And you're going to need a receiver that can go make a play down the field, stretch the field out. And I think how this wide receiver depth chart is made right now, I think that Cooks is number one, of course. We're going to see Anthony Miller go in and out from slot and, and then get some primary two-receiver job. And I think Nico Collins will be able to secure that spot as well. So. This wide receiver depth chart is kind of made to have some possession receivers, get the ball, move the chains, and then at times get Cooks into space. And for Tyrod Taylor, I think that's what he needs for this offense. Because with this 12-man personnel that I think Houston is going to run, Cooks in a slant, you know, he may take a five-yard route and turn it to 15. Speed, quickness, and get into his spot. And uh, that's going to just do wonders for Tyrod, man. So it's kicking off the year. No, absolutely not. But by the trade deadline, I think if you're in a position where what we've seen out of training camp has, has not translated to the regular season, then you at least do yourself a favor and flirt with that idea. I think right now, though, it's pretty clear that the odds of Brandon Cook sticking around is pretty high, right? And, and I think, you know, they actually want him on this roster, which is why they reconstructed his deal. It's more team-friendly. And, you know, they just moved it over to a signing bonus, so he still gets paid. But the odds that he is going to be in town, as of right now, to start week one. Speaking of odds, I want to tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, your UFC, MMA action, and of course, the NFL. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. Everything is shaping up for the baseball season. Will the Astros hang on to being the number one team in the AL? Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. BetOnline is your online sportsbook expert. Welcome back in. Thank you guys for sticking around. So this offseason, we've talked a lot about Davis Mills, Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan, 
We've had those conversations about the first and second year players, but mainly the first year players and the expectations we kind of have for them, right? And Brevin Jordan talked about today, you know, he has to get used to blocking defensive ends. That is the biggest adjustment for him coming from college and in Miami where, you know, they wouldn't really expect him to do a lot of blocking. But coming from Miami, coming to the NFL, that's a huge adjustment for him. And he also mentioned the humidity here in Houston is just totally different. Also, Texan rookie wide receiver Nico Collins talked about the transition, the difficult transitions that he has had to go through in the NFL. Uh, He went on to say that the speed, everybody's good in the NFL. Everybody's just that damn good. Just coming out here to camp, competing with the best, I feel like that's good for me to get up to speed. So he's getting adjusted to how fast the NFL game is on top of missing out a year of college football last year because he, you know, set out due to COVID. Those adjustments come with the NFL. Rookies transitioning over to playing in professional football. There's very few rookies that come in day one and it's like, wow, this guy could have played at any time in the last couple of years because he's that good. Adrian Peterson was one of those guys. I think it didn't matter where, what age he came in after a certain point, he could have, you know, did his thing because he was that damn good. Um, but for these rookie receivers, I'm sorry, for these rookie players, specifically for Houston, uh, I think that can be something that hinders their playing time as of right now, which is why it's very important that these rookies get a great amount of time on Saturday. Davis Mills out there for maybe a half, a full quarter at least. He's getting those snaps. Nico Collins should be out there getting those snaps. Brevin Jordan as well, especially for Brevin because he's in a situation where Aikens, Fell Brown has looked very good. Wearing has looked good as, uh, good as well. And so he wants to go out there and show Houston why he drafted me. Same with Nico. Um, but those adjustments from the collegiate level coming over to the pros for Houston, I think the best thing for those rookies that Houston drafted is they have a very great coaching staff in those positions. Talked about Robert Prince, how happy he's been and how excited he was, enthusiastic he was when his wide receivers was out there making plays. I do remember that Nico Collins dropped a couple of balls when I was out there on Monday, but he made up for it. So that's good, encouraging type of coach. Looking at Brevin Jordan, you know, I think he may be in the best position because Andy Bischoff is a coach that has, you know, what he's did for young tight ends in this league is phenomenal. And, and, you know, I don't think people will be hard-pressed if Brevin is not starting day one or day two or day three or day four. A lot of these guys that Houston brought in are projects. We have to see where they go outside of Nico. I think Nico is a solidified type of player that Houston really needs. But even for Nico, he's going to go through those difficult times where I got to be at this point at this time and my route has to get me there to create the separation of break off. And it's going to happen faster than I've ever had it happen before. Uh, and I just love the fact that they surrounded these rookies Whether they succeed or not, they surrounded these rookies with real teachers, real coaching teachers. Something that I say, if these rookies were brought in 
last year, I wouldn't be that. I, I wouldn't think their success rate would be that high. Sorry to say it, but it is what it is. Uh, especially when I look at Brevin Jordan. I don't think Brevin, like what I think Brevin Jordan can do talent-wise is even much, you know, I think he can do much more now because he has a coach and a teacher that can get him to that next level eventually. Um, but they are in for, you know, the ride of their life this first year. And the good thing about it is, you know, they're not, they're not being asked right now to be the number one guy in either one of those positions. Now, quarterback for Davis Mills, we believe in Tyrod Taylor, at least for this year. And a lot of fans and a lot of people are still holding their breath on Deshaun Watson coming back. We believe in Brandon Cooks just had that conversation about him. So we don't really need Nico Collins to be the number one guy. Still has Chris Conley. They have a similar game. Anthony Miller, who was just traded for, right? Um, Brevin Jordan, we don't need for you to be the tight end right now. It's not like those guys are coming into a situation where Kyle Pitts from day one, we need for you to be the starting tight end. Jalen Waddle, uh, Devontae Smith, we need for you to be the number one receiver right now, right? You know, Davis Mills is far from being a Trevor Lawrence where he's not the franchise savior. So timing for them is the essence. The timing is taking time, right? Learn this game some more. Go through these preseason reps as fast as you can. Because the faster you go through it, the easier it'll become. Those reps will become easier and easier and easier for you. And you'll put yourself in a position to eventually show why your talent, work ethic can all put you in a position to be top on the depth chart at some point. And I agree with you, John. I think they are in a very good position to succeed because not only do they have the support from their coaching staff, but they also have the support from their veteran teammates as well. Yesterday, Bourbon Jordan talked about how much Jordan Akins has been such a great mentor to him ever since he walked through those doors. You talked about Deshaun Watson. Um, I remember coming on this show telling you guys that I actually saw Watson giving Mills pointers on what to do and what not to do. He had an opportunity to ask him on yesterday, you know, what is the relationship like between you and Deshaun Watson? He said Deshaun Watson has been an open book. But John, the number one thing they need to make sure they get used to, especially during these three games, especially during this preseason time, is the speed of the NFL. Yeah, especially, you know, Brevin Jordan, he's going to really need a good, you know, preseason. That preseason is going to be important for him because when we look at the regular season, you got to play the Jaguars. They got some good defenders over there. The Browns, we know they got Miles Garrett and your boy, Jadavion Clowney. Uh, the Bills got some good players you're going to have to block at, at that tight end position, whether it's a linebacker or a lineman. The Cardinals, the Rams, right? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's talented players on the opposite side that he's going to have to kind of adjust his game from what he's used to doing, which is really being a receiving threat. I, I believe that Brevin Jordan can be one of those Jimmy Graham type of receivers where you can throw it up, he can go make a big play, he's fast enough to move, uh, has good hands. That's the type of tight end I believe he'd be, a receiving tight end. But he's still going to have to change his game a little bit so he can become more accustomed to the NFL because at some point, he got to put his hands on somebody 
and make a play uh, as a blocker and not rushing him into the league just so you can get him on that field is very smart for the Houston Texans to do. Well, to not do, uh, rather. Did you know that Bill Bar has nine delicious flavors? And when you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know about Bill Bar flavors, you're missing out on flavors like coconut, raspberry, and peanut butter brownie, to say a few. There's something for everyone. And if you haven't tried any of the flavors, or if you want to get a sample of each flavor, go ahead and get that mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 grams protein, only 130 calories, only four grams sugar, and only four grams net carbs. Go to billboard.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billboard.com. Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Best podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Best podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans. Before we close out this Wednesday installment, John, over the weekend, I'm pretty sure you guys saw um, the NFL welcoming the Hall of Fame class of 2021, which was headlined, of course, by Peyton Manning, Charles Wilson, and Kelvin Johnson. I think could be one of the best Hall of Fame class that we ever saw. But the ballot for next year class has been announced in one of, if not the greatest Texan in franchise history, Andre Johnson, first time is going to be on the ballot. John, this might be a little bit biased. Yes, this is locked on Texans. But I honestly do believe that Andre Johnson should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's going to get it, but I think he should. Yeah, absolutely. And the one thing about Dre, man, Dre did some special things in Houston and never had you know, like Reggie Wayne is a nominee. And Reggie Wayne was the number two with Marvin Harrison on the other side, but he also played with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. right? So Dre just did things with whoever was throwing him the ball, man. Uh, but when I look at the Hall of Fame nominees and, and I look at when I understand how the Hall of Fame works, I'm not, I'm not sure that he get in on his first try. And I say that because I know that politics was played, but it took T.O. forever. Well, it took T.O. on his second try to get in. It took Chris Carter a long time to get in. And if you young boys out there listening that don't know how cold Chris Carter was, you know, Randy Moss may have had the the adjective you got (laughs) mossed on, Chris Carter was one of those, all I needed was one hand to catch a ball type of receiver for but many years. I, I, I'm glad that you mentioned the politics of it because that's the reason why both of those, especially Terrell Owens, was not a first yeah, right, ballot. Right, right, and right. Andre Johnson, let's let's be real, he doesn't have that type of baggage. No, he doesn't have any. The only baggage that you can ever bring up against Andre was his days in Miami where he 
He just knew they was going to beat Ohio State, and they lost off some cheating miss. Mm-hmm. And then according to Finnegan, which by the which, way, that's not that a baggage. That's a highlight. <laughs> that is. That's 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 another reason why he should get in on first ballot. Because how many guys, you know, would win the fight, don't get in trouble, and go celebrate at the Rockies game the same night? Yeah, not too many. Reggie Wayne is also a nominee. Tony Buscelli, man, hey. Tony Buscelli definitely should get voted in. He helped the Jaguars reach two AFC title games during the franchise's first five years of existence. He's also an offensive tackle, and you guys know how I feel about that. But getting back to Andre, I think Andre will probably wait a year or two before uh, he's he's selected to get into the Hall of Fame. But, but, and, I, and I'll say this real quick. Understand what I'm saying. If he only has to wait one or two years, guys, normally receivers have traditionally waited a very long time. Equan Bolden is a nominee. Steve Smith is a nominee. And you got to ask yourself, was Steve Smith taking the NFL broadcasting route the same way Randy Moss did? <laughs> Will that help propel him to uh, first ballot Hall of Fame? And Steve Smith played in the Super Bowl. Don't forget that, which is something – you know, we can't hold against Andre Johnson because he's not throwing himself the ball, but Steve Smith made it to a Super Bowl, and he's also an NFL Network broadcaster right now. Randy Moss, he went over to ESPN. Also, Smith is eight all-time receiving yards. Johnson is 11. Bolden is ninth in all-time reception. You also got DeMarcus Ware. Like, it's it's pretty loaded. I mentioned Tony Muselli, uh, Leroy Bowler. Butler, Tory Holt, Sam Mills, Zach Thomas. I've already mentioned Reggie Wayne. It just it may just take him. I think run a run a barber, right? Jared Allen. It's it's gonna take him maybe a year or two to get in, and I think that's fine, considering you know he will get in, and it won't be decades of him waiting like we've seen other receivers in the past. That has been my thing. I, I think receivers are just now starting to get their just due. Uh, I also believe we played it. We, we, when I played, but we grew up in the golden era of receivers. T.O., Randy Moss, Steve Smith, Anquan Boda, who a lot of people don't understand how Cody was, Dre, you know what I mean? So he's going to get in. I don't think he gets in 2022. I, I don't know, John. I, I, like you mentioned, he's 11th all time. NFL history in reception yards, 11th. And I, I, I take a look at Andre Johnson, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Calvin Johnson a first ballot Hall of Famer? Calvin Johnson is a first first ballot Hall of Famer. I, I, I might sound like a homer here, but if Johnson, Calvin Johnson, can get in as a first ballot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but if Calvin Johnson, Megatron, Phenomenal player, but if he can get in as a first ballot Hall of Famer, Andre Johnson should as well. And I only said it because Megatron retired in the middle of his prom, and you can make the argument that he had the better quarterback and still ended up with a career similar to Andre Johnson, who the best quarterback he ever had was Matt Schaub. Now, I don't care what you say, but I would much rather go to war with Matthew. 
He had a he had a Watson. It wasn't Watson. No, no, no Watson. No, he was gone. Remember, Watson, he left. Watson I want to say gone. in 2015. Right. 16. 2016. So he he just missed the Deshaun Watson era. But but like I said, I don't know about you, but I would much rather see Andre Johnson play with a Matthew Stafford, who I do believe is a little bit overrated, but that's another topic for another day. But I would much rather see him play alongside Matthew Stafford versus Matt Schaub. And there's no disrespect to Matt Schaub, but if that's your best quarterback and you still, over the totality of your career, was still a top five receiver in this league that, just like you mentioned, was the golden era of wide receivers, that is saying a lot. Yeah, but check this out. John Lynch was a finalist eight times before he got in this year. Art Monk was selected in 2008. He was a finalist eight times. Uh, Lynn Swan was selected in 2001, and he had been a finalist 14 times. All I'm saying is maybe it's more favorable. Maybe it's more favorable now, but there have been guys who has waited a very long time, and I don't think Dre is going to wait a very long time. Dre was a beast, man, and one thing I am waiting for is the day he actually get that call where they knock on the door and say, hey, man, he went to the Hall of Fame because I think well, I think with his career and how things transpired, especially towards the end mm-hmm. with him and Bill O'Brien, I think that's the best way he can go out and just say, hey, man, no matter what you thought I was, I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm John Some Sports Guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.